Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Hi, Jack in the Box. I know you used Have that. I? You, yes. Hi, I Charlie am. in the Box. Char- I'm a Charlie in the Box. Who Charlie in the Box? No, 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 no. There's always tomorrow. No, 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 no. The horrible Christmas season will be here soon enough. I know. Well, uh, that's the song, though. I mean, yeah, it is. always tomorrow. That was a great story. Um, How are you doing? I'm fine. How are you? Good. We just had Mexican food, so. Mexican. At Las, Las Toltecas, which is a great. So good. It was. God, good. so good. Told you that guy leaving in front of us, he's like, that was so expensive and so good. <laughs> Wasn't that expensive? And St. Michael's listeners, he had on a, in a Perry Cabin t-shirt, so. All I know is, is the waiter tried to take the plate in front of me, and I almost stabbed his hand with a You fork. did. There was a couple mouthfuls of I was like, steak. excuse me. <laughs> he's old oh, sorry. <laughs> Like you don't take food uh, from a hungry man. No, we're, no, you don't. Now we're not here to talk about Mexican food no, or not. the Inner Perry Cabin or the Inner Perry. Cabin. We're here to or talk the about puss. the despicable John List. So, dun, dun, oh dun. yeah, yeah. But what are we supposed to ask our re- listeners to do? Please go up and like us and uh, where whatever format or, or podcast forum you're getting your podcast from. Please write us a, a, a nice little review and send it on to all of your friends. Thank you. If you could give us a five star review, if you're enjoying the show, oh, you have to give you have to do that too. Yeah, well, oh. you know, anything. That's Anyone a lot of else? work. Well, you know, we're asking for a lot. I can only write so many of them myself. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this is uh, season one. Season one. Episode 12. Episode 12. Forensic Files. Forensic Files. Right, and in season one, they hadn't gotten cute yet, so there's no punny little title. It just says the John List murders. <laughs> well, it's, real I, frank. It's, it's really it, it's really funny. That's that's going to be one of the little card for the, the drinking, drinking game. game. Every, Every time, time I say it's, it's funny, funny or that's funny or whatever. I actually knew a lot about this before this. Like, I knew about this case too. I think everybody did. I mean, how I, did you not? I yeah. I I don't. I I I still think a lot of people are going to be like, huh? Well, even it's getting very, it, just not trying to get ahead of it, but you know, just the, the stuff that he did was just so insane. And then they catch him, and he's so calm. And, oh, yeah, it's creepy. He's, he's a creep. So it, we. Um, I try. I finally figured out. Remember, I kept telling you I couldn't remember who he reminds me of. Uh-huh. Okay, so in the new Star Wars movies, uh-huh. the guy that becomes the evil emperor. Okay. Senator Palpatine or whatever. Okay. He looks like Senator Palpatine. He does look like Senator Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever the name is. That's I'm a good pro- one. I probably screw Because remember, I was like, uh-huh. he really reminds me of like, he, he looks like, like Senator Palpatine. That is who he looks like. I know I'm screwing the name up. Sorry. Doesn't matter. Sorry, Star Wars people. I do um, like Star Wars. Oh, all right. So anyway. The, the Lists lived in Westfield, New Jersey. Westfield, and, uh, New Jersey. John List is a 46-year-old accountant. He, oh, my God. He was only 46? He looks so much older, didn't he? Oh, my he? God. And he and his wife, Helen, have been married for 20 years, and John's mother, Alma Alma lives in the uh, lives in the attic. I, I, in my head, I wanted it to be like raw beams, well, and just the what, like dormer windows. But she actually the, has a one of an the apartment. things I was I was you know in my research, they uh, they they the cop the cop that was being interviewed made a joke made a psycho uh-huh. joke. Oh, did he? Yeah, he made a psycho joke. Oh, like, I missed we, that. We knew the mother was there somewhere, but we didn't know where, and you know we didn't know she went with him or not, and you uh, know and all did you? I, I didn't see. I didn't. I, are you sure we watched the same for us? No, no, no. I said in my research on oh, something okay. else. Sometimes we'll do that and I'll be like, what are you talking no, about? No, no, no. And one of the other things that I saw and and the and the cop made a, a psycho joke. A, a psycho joke? joke? Yeah. yeah. It was very apropos, I think. The kids, we, we find out that he's got a, a daughter and two sons. The daughter's the oldest. The kids are popular, outgoing. 
pretty normal kids, apparently. So the aerial shot of the home, I knew the home was supposed to be nice. You see it from the street. But when you see that aerial shot, it's immense. I thought in one of the things it said that it was a historic mansion for the area. It might have been. It It looks like like it was Victorian. It was a humongous house. 19 rooms. Yeah, 19 rooms and that ballroom in the back. There was a ballroom. The house had a ballroom. So that tells you how big the house is. But let me just stress from watching the the house was not fancy on the inside. It looked very plain. looked very 70-ish. Yeah. It didn't look... uh, Wealthy. Yes, it it just happened to be a very large old home. So it's the fall of 1971. It's early November. 1971. So he's told the neighbors, and I know this not from the forensic files, but I know that he called the kids' teachers and told them he was taking them out of school for a month and they were going to visit relatives up north. I thought it was a series of letters. I thought he wrote letters to everybody, but okay. I thought he called. I thought it was letters. Okay, so... A little uh, confusion there, but moving forward. Moving forward. Ugh. So after about a month, though, the neighbors are getting concerned. There's a couple of lights on in the house. They have not gone on and off, right? Right. So what this ding-dong did Mm -hmm. is after he did all this stuff, he turned every light in the house on. Oh, we were going to get to that. Oh. So the police show up. And the the uh, I know from uh, reading about this years ago that there was some confusion with the policeman showing up and then a neighbor showed up and then the policeman left and then he came back. It wasn't real straightforward, well, the, but he eventually lets himself in through an unlocked window. Well, the thing was the the rumor that the family, the mom, the dad, and the three kids had gone away, but there was no mention of the mother. Right. So the, what it kind of came about as a welfare check on oh, the, the grandmother. Mother. Oh, okay. Because the mother lived on the third floor of the house yep. in a self-contained Alma. Alma. Uh, Alma. Alma. And uh, she lived in the apartment on the third. Uh, oh, that uh, makes uh, even uh, more sense. So it was kind of a welfare check. And what Kevin was saying before was all the lights in the house were on. And then people noticed that some of the lights were going off. Yeah, burning out. The, the light bulbs were burning yeah. out. And uh, so that's why they that somebody Some called for cop. a welfare check. So he made his he he got in through an unlocked window, and they immediately can smell decomposition. Neighbors grew suspicious and decided to call the police. They felt that something was wrong, and they asked us to check the house, which we did. When police arrived, they entered the house through an unlocked window. The house was cold, and there were no signs of activity, but they heard music like a funeral dirge-type music that was very disturbing to the officers who were in there. The police also noticed the faint smell of decomposing flesh. But the house uh, is freezing. It's uh, early December, and the thermostat's set at 50. Put it all the way down. And they very quickly find the murder scene. There is the... The wife and the three kids are all laid out on a sleeping bag in the dining room, side by side. No, 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 in the ballroom. Oh, in the ballroom. It's in the ballroom. Uh, And you quickly, you get a glimpse of Helen's face. Did you see that? She had kind of a wonky eye. uh, This one, she had just been shot in the head. Yeah, they don't pull any punches. You get a lot of pretty graphic pictures of these, them. He placed towels over their faces. Do you notice that? That's, that's that that thing that they do. That's one of those things that the psychologists always say. If there's if there's concern, uh, guilt. If, if there's yeah, if there's care for the victim, the victim's face is covered. So mental note to self: if you kill someone you love, <laughs> yeah. don't cover their face, so that they won't think you love them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. that's, well, that's what. But I mean, think about it. As many times as I have heard that on yeah. cop shows mm-hmm. and bad, you know. 
got d- You'll direct attention, attention away from you if you are a loved one. Well, if you first don't of all, I'm never going to kill anybody. Thank God. And <laughs> I'll just tell you, you can fuck you, off and leave. You can't say that enough. That's I swear to God, you can't say that but, enough. But, you know, they always say that they're the guilt or the eyes or the face or whatever. So if you if you have care, if you care for that person, you cover their face. Or if you're you know, guilt, you cover their face. And all these people were kind of wrapped, so to speak, uh-huh. so that they looked... More serene, I guess. Yeah, I, I suppose, but they, they still, it didn't, okay, so clearly he had tried to clean up the crime scene for whatever Which reason. didn't make any sense. Didn't make well, any no, sense at all. He's, okay, so in my research, one of the other things where they actually interviewed him mm-hmm. later when he was in prison, mm-hmm. and he said that he cleaned up part of the mess from the wife was so that when the kids came in, they didn't see it so he could get, he, so oh, the kids oh they wouldn't be alarmed right away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 I thought he was maybe so people didn't have to do more work because no, he's being conscientious. No, 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 no. So they, they find the mother uh, on the third floor. They immediately find a note to his pastor, and they find the two guns. Dear Pastor Raywinkle, I am sorry to add this additional burden to your work. I know that what has been done is wrong from all that I have been taught, and that any reasons that I might give will not make it right. In the confession, he says that he killed his family because of he had lost his job, and the bills were mounting, and he was worried his oldest daughter wanted to be an actress. His wife had stopped going to church, and we learn more about her later after the episode. Research. And so he thought the best thing to do was to just shoot all of them, kill them, send them to heaven, send them to heaven, and then they wouldn't have to live. That on was welfare. his best. That was the man's best idea. He was what is known by psychologists and criminologists as a family annihilator. Are you Oof. familiar with that term? I've never heard that term. Uh, oh, he's not God. the first one to do this. These are men, typically men. I don't think women do this, but when they lose control of their family, they feel like they can't provide for them, or they're stressed, or things are going wrong. Rather than resolve the situation or divorce the wife or or power through the situation, they just erase the family and start again. I love that they think that that's the best decision. I, I, I'm just going to kill them all. Yeah. So they, uh, we, we get it. We get it later. Some discussion about that. But they find his car parked at um, JFK a couple days later, and it has a November eighth parking sticker on it. So that's fully a month ago. It doesn't look like he took a flight, and the case goes cold pretty quickly. Well, he had a month head start. Yeah. You know, yeah. Literally. There are two schools of thought on what has become of John. There had been two schools of thought. One was that he had committed suicide after uh, committing the homicides, and the other was that he was living somewhere out around the Midwest. Once in a while, you'd get a sighting, a list sighting. You'd get a report that uh, they saw a guy in uh, you know, Alabama who looked like John List because the FBI kept you know, information. I don't believe for a second a coward like that was going to kill himself. Some people thought maybe he did, but I, somebody, a guy who's just killed his whole family... That's bad news. Well, uh, I'm going to refer. We're, I'm going to hold off on uh, making comments on this because he was interviewed later. Uh-huh. So a lot of this stuff that wasn't necessarily covered in the forensic files, right. he explained. Oh, like, okay. Point blank out of the mouth of out of his own mouth. So okay. So let's uh, go forward. So we know the whole story first, and then we'll get to the the interview. Okay. Well, detectives Morantz and Jeff Hummel get the big idea to call America's Most Wanted to run the story, and America's Most Wanted usually runs a very contemporary, hot-breaking, recently broken news. John Walsh, when they explained the situation to him, John Walsh, the hero we need but maybe don't deserve. I just (laughs) rolled my eyes. Okay. John Walsh, the hero we need, but maybe we don't deserve. I just rolled my eyes. No matter how many times you say that, I'm going to roll my eyes. John Walsh, 
The hero we need but maybe don't deserve. One night watching TV, we watched America's Most Wanted, and I thought this might be a very interesting case for them to take on. If uh, we were successful in getting the, uh, the list case aired, someone out there would recognize him and uh, would uh, make that telephone call. Detectives convinced America's Most Wanted to do an episode on the John List murders, despite the fact that the case was almost two decades old. I said, this is a guy I'd like to see caught, and we decided to do John List. There's a problem. The most recent photo is almost 20 years old. And the word forensic gets thrown around forensics. on this show a lot. Lots of forensics. And here it comes hot and heavy. We have Frank Bender, and he's a forensic sculptor. And boy, is he good at it. I work with physical anthropologists. I work with uh, odontologists, forensic dentists, in other words, uh, uh, pathologists, detectives. More important in the facial tissue thickness is paying attention to the forms in the skull, the nuances, the differences, the asymmetry. What makes this skull different from the others? And they're all different. The reconstruction of that girl, um, the skull they found in the right. field just to show what he was going to do. That is really, it's an incredible art. I, I you know. The, re, the, the, re, the reconstruction looked exactly like the missing girl. That's but, how but they that's, found her. That's science. That was a, I mean, he's that's a, it's a science. That's science. But he was saying, and this is back in 1990 when this episode came out. This was early Forensic Files. That um, some of the uh, emerging technologies to age photos simply added lines onto right. the face and things like that. He said, a lot of times, people, when they get older, sometimes they look better if they take better well, care of themselves. Well, he had a lot to work with as well because he, he knew what the families, the, the parents looked like. He knew he knew so much about the guy. He was basically able to do a, a psychological you know, makeup on the guy and how that would have affected him in his health. Right. And Isn't it, that amazing? It was. He, he, he really looks for the nuances in the skulls, for one thing, like if there's asymmetry. And... He said he likes to become the person, to learn as much as he can about them. I get into the head of the person. In a sense, I want to become that person while I'm working on the fugitive. I want to feel like that person. I want to know everything about that person. In this case, he can do that because they know who the person is. When you find a skull in a field, you can't do this sort of background thing. But Bender, with this guy knew all about it, and he looked at what his, his uh, parents looked like. And his parents got real jowly when jowly. they got older. They were jowly. And his receding hairline, and he made sure that it, that would have kept going. And he had a scar on the back of his neck, and they were like, how would that have aged and looked different? They, of course, looked deeply into his background, and he has a master's degree in accounting, and I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> how could you possibly do that? that what a, more could you a, learn? Isn't that an MBA? It, is, that, is that? Well, I don't know. It, it said it was a master's in accounting, and that just sounds awful. Four years of accounting. What more could you possibly learn? My cousin has an MBA. I, I don't know if that's the I same don't think thing it's as an a MBA. Master's, a, a MBA and a master's degree. That I don't sounds... uh, a master's degree in accounting. Um, but one of the things that they, they talked about earlier on is he, I don't, in my research, is that, yes, he was a very smart person. Yes, he, he went was, to the University was, of Michigan. He was excellent at his accountancy. Yes. However, he did not have a personality, yeah, no, and he, he came across as creepy and rude. Yeah. So he kept getting fired and he was creepy. from jobs because- <laughs> Is that why he of, couldn't hold down a job? Because of his personality? Well, that's- 
in my research, it was not because of his job yeah, or because his ability to do his job. He was just off-putting? He, was, he freaked people out. Jeez. So they didn't want to work with him. And, and the higher-ups would be like, yeah, like hey, da, da, da. well, you've got to do it this way. Oh, yeah. I, I, we've so, all known people like that. Exactly. And that's huh. why he kept getting fired, basically, wow. or laid off or whatever. All right. So this job in New Jersey that he thought was going to be great, he only had it for a year. Wow. And oh. then he was fired, uh-huh. and then he pretended to go to work, uh-huh. and that was part of the the starting of the snowball down the hill okay. that led to all this. Okay. Wow. That Research. makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Frank is, Frank Bender is now telling us, I wonder when, you know, if I knew Frank Bender, every time I saw him, I'm like, hey, Frank, did you go on a Bender this weekend? Oh, oh and it would never you get a and laugh, and I'd do it every time. <sighs> he said that he's showing anxiety in the guy's face. Not guilt, anxiety. He's got an anxious, he's going to have an anxious expression because he's worried he's going to get caught. He doesn't feel badly about what he's done. Because he thinks he did it for the right reasons. I had his mouth going down on the corners because of anxiety that I felt he carried with him from committing these crimes. And Richard brought out that it wasn't guilt from killing his family, but the anxiety of the fear of being caught. They figured he'd still be wearing a suit and a tie. Dressing like he's, you know, he's gonna, he's not gonna change his dress, but they thought they gave this a lot of thought. The kind of glasses he was wearing, he was wearing fairly, fairly commonplace glasses. They weren't real heavy. They were, they were very 1970, just men's glasses. But they figured he'd be wearing a much heavier, uh, well, not prescription, but so much size to give the impression that he's intelligent, a more forceful looking, heavier. So he looked like a big fat nerd ball. Yeah, but he, you know, like what an intellectual person would wear. I think my dad's glasses look like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I called him, I would often refer to them as child molester glasses. Oh, Christ. Because well, they, they had the big bottom lens. The lenses were really big on the bottom. Yeah. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your dad's like, glasses those were, were like funky. Child and then molester. did you give him shit about it? And he was like, they, what? They work. Yeah. Dad's <laughs> like, yeah. And I can see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they take a long time on the glasses, and it's a good thing they did. America's Most Wanted runs the story on May 21st, 1989. Tonight on America's Most Wanted. Now tonight's first case, the oldest we've ever pursued on America's Most Wanted. And in Denver, Wanda Flannery and her daughter recognize him. And her daughter, Eva Mitchell, says it all started adding up. And it just all started adding up gradually, that he was an accountant and a Lutheran, and that he had a a scar behind his ear, and that he was well put together and, and a classy dresser. By the time they got to the sculpture, I was convinced it was him. So first of all, I want to tell you this. If I'd committed that murder and then I found and they told me I have to drive to Denver, I would have turned myself in. <laughs> that sounds awful. Awful well, driving little, to Denver that's in really, November. I just Ugh, uh, uh, a big old uh, nasty 70s car. Listen to this. A gal that I uh work with, she just told me that her family went there for a wedding and they got off the plane and both of her parents basically passed oh, out because <laughs> they couldn't breathe because they weren't getting enough oxygen. Yeah, you told me about and that. I'm like, so Welcome they literally wedding. went there for their son's wedding and they couldn't they couldn't function the whole time it's horrible in my research in my research when it came to america's most wanted he loved that show he did he told all of his friends to watch it oh he loved wow. that show he thought that show was the greatest thing ever i wonder he, if it's because he was he was a fugitive well possibly and he in the interview thing, uh-huh. he even said something along the lines of, 
I didn't, I, it was always interesting maybe that they would talk about, you know, bring up my situation. He used a word like that. Like mm-hmm. he used a very casual word. Right. Word. But uh, he said, because I thought it was so old, they, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it. Well, think again. <laughs> and literally, he told all of his friends to watch the show. Now, granted, it was a number a one show. Everybody show. watched yeah, it. That was, was a guilty was a big, pleasure. But imagine you used to live next door to the guy, and the guy's saying, watch the show, watch the show, yeah. watch the show. And then you watch the show, and there he is looking back at you. Yeah, they, 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 they immediately, they were like, but the glasses did it. And the clincher for me was the glasses and the jowls. And so they have called the FBI. They've told him that he's renamed himself Bob Clark. And they tell the FBI that he has moved to Richmond. Which does not make sense to me at all because he used to live there. In Richmond? he That's where he met his wife. The the wife. They met in Richmond. I didn't know that meant. Yes. Oh, okay. Or Virginia. It was someplace in Virginia. So they find Robert Peter Clark. He's working as a CPA. And that CPA Imagine firm. Imagine that. That CPA firm is still open, by the way. Oh. And they well, must pro- have been a good. He was, he was an excellent CPA. He just had no social skills. Yeah, I pulled up. They show the building where it was in the forensic files, and if you pull it up on Google Maps, it's the exact same. Oh, so it's exactly where it was. They approach him at work, and Detective Kevin August tells us how it went down. I approached him and I asked him. Uh, I said, "Are you Mr. Clark?" And he said, "Yes." And then I said, "Are you John List?" And he says, "No, I'm Robert P. Clark." So what I really like is he denied it for something like seven, eight months while he was in jail. He kept saying he was Robert Clark. He would not admit to it. And they finally, after they got his military fingerprints matched, the fingerprints on the gun permit that he applied for a, a month, month before, before he killed the murder. Him, those matched. And uh, on and on, he finally admitted to it in January of 1990. So, so 1990 and technology still caught up with him. Because it was all new technology that he thought wouldn't catch him because he didn't realize this stuff was coming up. Uh So, again, we go back to the fingerprint. The fingerprint that he left in 1971 Mm -hmm. on the gun permit Uh is what got, I mean, it It, nailed it. It nailed him. Walsh uh, is here to praise Bender's work. Frank Bender was 100% right. The picture of John List when he was captured was put next to the picture of that bust on the front page of the New York Times. John List had the same exact glasses on that Frank Bender had put on the forensic bust. It was uncanny. Prosecutor Brian Gillat, I think that's how he pronounces his last name, mm. tells the, the, all of these, the rationale that John List gave, I didn't want my children to go to hell. Right. I didn't want them to suffer. I didn't want my, my mom to suffer. He's like, that's bullshit. You wanted a clean slate and you were tired of dealing with it. He decided he wanted to do this, and this was the only way out. This was the way for him to start with a clean slate, and that's why he did it. So we get our usual Forensic Files recap on what actually happened. After the children left for school, John List put his plan in motion. He shot his wife in the head at point-blank range. He then climbed two flights of stairs and entered his mother's apartment. He left his mother's body upstairs, but placed his wife's body on a sleeping bag and dragged it to the ballroom. He then cleaned up the blood. Later that afternoon, as the children arrived home, he murdered each one. The oldest boy, John, put up a struggle, and List fired 10 times. 
He dragged the children's bodies to the ballroom, lined them up on sleeping bags next to their mother, and cleaned up more blood. The Lisp family morgue was now complete. The kids go to school. He's pretended to go to work. He comes back after the kids are out of the house. He walks in. He shoots his wife in the back of the head, drags her into the ballroom, cleans up, waits for the children to get home. I right. think in the reenactment, they had the daughter come The home. daughter came home first, then the youngest son. And then the oldest well, son. Well, no. And in my research, he kills the kills oh, the wife, yep. goes up and kills the mother. Mm-hmm. Then he cleans up and he wants to get it all cleaned up before the kids come home because he wants them to get in the house. And he said he shot them all in the back behind, from behind because he didn't want them to know what was going to happen or, yeah, or, or to th- suffer you know, or whatever. So, but he also says that parts of the reasons that he, he killed them is because he feared for their morality, basically, mm-hmm. because he was going to be leaving. He was go- If he'd killed himself or whatever, he was leaving them destitute. The oldest daughter wanted to be an actress, which she didn't think was a very moral mm-hmm. profession. No. And I can't remember what the thing was with the with the youngest kid, but it was really creepy to me. This is so creepy. Is they showed the bodies, they showed the feet, uh-huh. and he, the youngest boy was wearing penny loafers, bass penny loafers. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh. What a detail to notice. Yeah, that's a good thing. And the uh-huh. oldest son was playing soccer at the school. Uh-huh. He went to watch the game picked up the son and drove the son home and then killed him when he got in the house. Okay. And that was the thing. The oldest son got shot Ten numerous times. times because when he shot the kid, I guess there were convulsions or his body was moving and he kept shooting him to put him out of pain. I thought but what I had read in one of them was when he shot him, it didn't kill the kid and he turned around and, he, and, and his there dad was, had to chase him around the house shooting him. Right, right. So there was that... There was that. So, I think he but, admitted to that later, years later. He's well, like, it actually, was yeah, it was one of those things where it's his word against you know. There's no way I, to yeah. Fire, yeah. Even you before, shot your kid ten times. Yeah. So, so he wouldn't be in pain. Yeah. So even before the bodies are found, he's made it to Denver. He's applied for a new social security number. He claims to be from Kalamazoo. Did you see that on his application? Yeah. But again, how do you do see, that? No, this no, is no. in this early the, the late seventies. There were people in the seventies who did not have social security numbers until later in life wow yeah up until the 80s there were still adults who were applying for social security card. You, now again, you're issued a social i think you're issued a social security number when you're born okay I think. okay well that would make wrong. sense i could i could be wrong on that yeah, i'm not sure about. but uh but, uh, that's yeah. what makes these crimes a little more interesting because a lot of this you wouldn't be able to get away he wouldn't be able to get away with this today well that's just like you know the old story with the people who who uh who try to get a false identity by taking on the personality somebody's of somebody per- who's dead see, yeah. or recently dead yep. it doesn't work like that yeah. anymore because everything government bureau Bureaucracy and paperwork and paperwork and paperwork. Mm-hmm. You it, can't. You yeah. can't do that anymore. No. Well, John's second wife, Dolores Miller, doesn't believe it. She just doesn't believe it. I do not believe it. I I love my husband very deeply. I do not believe this is the same man. <laughs> but eventually, she believes it. Well, I mean, after <laughs> at some point, she's. Got, but think about it. She's she met him, and she was under the impression that his wife had died of cancer. Uh-huh. So she probably gave him a lot of outs on emotional things and stuff like that. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, he yeah. Was and he said he had no his, kids, right? His wife was married, but, and she was in love with him. Yeah. Because at this point he's doing well, or he's learned not to creep everybody out, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, so he's yeah. making, you know, he's he's making a decent. And and of course the whole time 
in this interview thing when they're talking to him, I'm just like he's he's not cold and calculating. That's that's right. not, but it's just it's very matter of fact. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, nope, well, it is cold. And then I well, well, but cold would imply some some. Uh, I think some, he's so. It, it's not a matter of him not being cold because cold would imply there's some meanness or evilness or something. I just think he's like, well, this is the way I thought, and this is the way the way I dealt with it. Very matter of factly. Very like, well, wouldn't anybody do this? Because that's the way his mindset was. He grew up with German. Yeah, overbearing, overbearing German, German parents. parents. He married Only a child. Oh, yeah, we didn't even get into that. Oh, we're gonna. That's our post stuff. We're gonna, we're gonna fit, close out the forensic files, and then we're gonna talk shit about oh, the family. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> then we're gonna talk about the family. So Walsh has nothing but disgust for him. What was he doing when they caught him? He was a CPA. He was still a volunteer in the Lutheran Church. A guy that kills his own mother kills his own wife and his three kids, is still volunteering in the Lutheran Church. He was still the same creature that he was when he killed those people 18 years before. And finally, the sentencing judge lights him up. It's fantastic. John Emil List will be eternally synonymous with concepts of selfishness, horror, and evil. He is a man who could coldly, calculatingly, and cunningly conceive and carry out a cowardly plan to assassinate each of his three children. And he gets five life without possibility of parole convictions. uh, That's a very, you know, this is one of those weird things when they talk about life, uh, death penalty. And I'm like, there, he doesn't really deserve, I'm not a Uh, pro death penalty person. I don't believe in the death penalty, but if anybody deserves it, he deserves it. There are are worse people. That is exactly, no, he (laughs) killed his kids. I know. I'm not. And his I'm not, wife and his mother. I'm, if there's anybody I'm saying who as deserves, evil and sinister okay, as he yeah, is, there are anybody, worse people on well, the planet. That's what you said. But if there's anybody who deserves this guy. Yeah, he sure does. So they interviewed him. Yeah. I, I didn't look up. I, Connie I was, Chung. I'm assuming he's dead now. He did. He died in 2005. Yeah. Okay. He so, did. <laughs> he did. He did. And they interview him and he just looks like this, you know, little, old, not little, he's six foot or something like that. He's tall and oh, skinny. Okay. And he's just... A, he, he looks like any little little old not little he looks like any Walter Mitty he just old, he's a, yes yeah. oh perfect <laughs> Thank you. perfect Kevin he's uh, you wouldn't notice him in a crowd you yeah. wouldn't anything and you know he's in prison reading but he's probably a li- he was in prison with a librarian or working in the oh, office oh he did he, he's written he a couple of smart. books he's written a couple of books about it defending Ugh. his behavior uh, but we find a few things about what was actually going on in the house and you quoted uh, was it Chris Rock saying, I don't say it was right, but I understand, I understand. him. So the, in in the forensic files and even the other shows that I watched on him, uh-huh. they portray him as kind of a cold monster who he just brutally murdered it Just his completely one-sided. Well, <laughs> I'm not, you know, again, you know, this is, this. eventually we're going to, I'm trying, I'm working on a good company in the car bingo card. And yeah. uh, this is one of those things that's going to hit a lot of bingo slots. Sure. So he grew up in a strict Lutheran German his Lutheran upbringing faith was very important and his to him. parents suffered no fools right. no, you know it was very strict he was you, berated by his mom yeah, a lot yeah oh yeah he, he had an overbearing mother and a, a dom and a, a father who was not much better so he goes out into the world and he meets a woman who at the time seemed who seemed fine come to find out she was div- she was widowed she was widowed okay. and uh Ooh, I'd like to check on that well yeah mm. And she, I don't want to say she traps him into marriage. She did. She tricked okay, him. Okay, she traps him into marriage. And she told him she was pregnant she and she, she wasn't. She said she was pregnant and she wasn't. But Kevin told me when we were coming back from dinner that 
Uh, she had syphilis. Syphilis, and she'd never done. She didn't. Uh, she did not tell John she had syphilis. She insisted they get married in Maryland, which at the time did not have a compulsory syphilis test, which you had to take before you got married. Which I didn't even know was a thing, but most states had it. Virginia had it, so she got married. And they got married in Maryland. She was able to slide that past them. He didn't find out about it until a very thorough examination. About 18 years later, her, what we find to be, she's an alcoholic. And symptoms of her untreated syphilis have combined to make her a very unpleasant person. Yeah, the syphilis drives them crazy. And I would, I mean, I don't. I, I know this might be hard to believe for some people, but I've never had an STD. So the <laughs> I don't I thought syphilis was easily cured. It, I think it is if you acknowledge you have it. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so if John comes across these little antibiotic bottles in the in the, the bathroom, she's going to have to fess up. So he finds out eventually about that. But and, she and has again, in the meantime. Like, come on, you got to go get that fixed. In the meantime, she has developed a really bad drinking problem. She has dropped out. Of the church, she doesn't go to church with them anymore. She's she, um, John tried to get her. She try, leave the house. Tried to get her. Um, the the church offered her a position teaching Sunday school or something like that. She not only didn't want the job, she told John, "Take my name off the list at church. She I don't want to be, be listed as a, as a member." And uh, he was encouraging his kids to get jobs. And but that was also one of the things her leaving the church affected him because he thought that would negatively affect the, the kid, children. The kids are like, if she doesn't have religion, to go, I don't have to yeah, go. Yeah, why do I have to go to church? Yeah. yeah. So he was, uh, the kids, he had to encourage the kids to get jobs, but Which, uh, I'm, ostensibly I, for them to learn learn about being responsible and all that stuff, but apparently he was using the money to pay bills. And, well, he didn't have any, yeah, he wasn't working. I don't know how he pulled that off. I'm like, I'll, I'll hold the money for you, and you know, each week, you you know, he probably did something like that. And it's just amazing to think that, you know, you, you that your status is that, you're, you know, that you're willing to go to all, just to, so you don't look bad. Yeah. Because he, he said in the letter and stuff, welfare. I didn't want to have to go on welfare. I didn't want to have have to go on welfare well you know it is a temporary solution yeah. if you try yep. you know it's not a yep murder is a solution to a temporary problem I, they say that about suicide oh. but oh wait yeah. what huh? suicide it's a no. permanent solution to a temporary problem okay. <laughs> oh, you, oh wait, wait wait the murder oh <laughs> yes. god this is getting dark uh <laughs> So anyway, they they showed uh, the the bust again. They were very proud of it, and they should be Bender's bust that he made. And it, and, and it just it looks exactly like they him. They put it they put it next the, to him. They do a comparison: the picture of him when he's right before he left, uh-huh. the bust, and him in his current age. And, and it, it, it is it's like he sat for it. They, they ran on the front on. page of the New York Times. I've read other things and seen other things about these about this uh, about that. Uh, the whatever the technique is called when they re they takes you know they build these things up like that they age things and there's been there's been one there's been cases where the person is co- the the artist or I don't know forensic sculpting the, the forensic come on sculptor, are you new here pardon me <laughs> has come forward with a sculpture mm-hmm. and the people said no it doesn't look old enough yeah or it doesn't look bad enough or it doesn't look whatever and then they find the person and the person looks exactly like the, yeah there's so much to take into account bender bender but, does a very thorough well, job. No, and it's simple things. Race, the type of life you lead. Are you? Do you drink? Do you smoke? Do you this? You right, know, you right. Fit, and he, and, he, and it, this guy nailed it with the family history. The he jowls. Did. He absolutely. Oh my did. god, he looked just like his dad. And he's got a chart that shows you how thick the the different areas of skin would be on your face, depending on your race, right. on your age, on your sex, and all the. So he's able to. It's it's such a finely tuned science, and this was done. 
30 years ago. Right. I, you can only, only imagine how much better, better it is now. Oh anyway, John List, you made a list and checked it twice, but I guess you... Oh, you got a cut. Oh, good Lord. That was horrible. I was just... I just... Okay, people. I hope... He, I don't want him to take this out. I was going to say, oh, you got to cut that out. I'm meaning cut, take it out of what he just said. But that is so horribly awful, it's funny. Well, that so. was really bad. But anyway, that was that's the terrible, awful, creepy case of John I remember, List. And I remember this. It's just like, terrible, but... You know, I remember when he got arrested. I yeah, remember. I remember when he got caught too. And the thing that bothered me the most about the whole thing was he turned the air conditioning down in the house. It was it was winter, and he turned the air conditioning. Uh-huh. So he basically turned the house into, into a, a refrigerator to keep the. Well, they refer to it as the List family morgue. Yeah. Oof. And then the one. Oh, this is now. See, this is where my humor goes, which is quite horrible. But okay. you know, I got a dark sense of humor. I got one finger on the stop button. So, no, 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 no. This was on one of the. This is in my research. One of the the detectives in West Westport Westport when they would go away on vacation or uh-huh. stuff like that they would send a postcard back to the detectives having a great time John List Oh my god that's because more... he was gone because it was never a closed case they knew and they the, the, how can we not find this guy yeah. how can we not find this yeah. guy now see technology the likelihood of someone being able to pull that off now no, you never. would the the nope. amount of back Oh no! Work. The kids' cell phone signals went dead, and the GPS is pin- not pinging off of anything. Well, again, anymore. They I, would... I always say this: the person that's going to get away with that has gotten away, Got away with, with it. it. We yeah. don't know. Oh, it's happened. We, right, just right, don't yeah, know yeah, we don't know. Maybe we'll cover something a little lighter next time. I this keep really... asking. <laughs> but um, anyway, so um, don't do, don't kill people. Don't kill people. Don't just, kill people. Leave. Just, leave. just leave. Just leave. Let, let, let them go. You know what? You know, let, let, like, I bet it's... you those kids would have been just fine. Let your kids be actors or not go. They don't want to go to church. They were. Smart, they were popular. You know, right. yeah, they would have been just fine. Be nice to people. Be nice to people. Or a war bang.